The We Can Talk About That podcast is a space for women to grow spiritually with other believers by approaching both practical questions and tough conversations from a biblical foundation. We're passionate about creating a space where we can set up a conversation and send you out ready, excited, confident, and prepared to engage in it wherever God has you. So whatever it is, it's welcome here. Let's talk. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the We Can Talk About That podcast. It's Nat and Liz, and these next two episodes, we just want to let you guys get to know us before we get into our conversations. So today we have the true honor and privilege of getting to know my gal Liz. Uh, it's really fun. So Liz and I, we're doing this podcast together and it's crazy because we actually first met in college and I was a senior and she was a freshman and it really kind of started out as more of a discipleship type relationship mm-hmm. uh, and the Lord has really grown it from there. I think just we've been able to really speak into each other's lives a lot. Um, and we've become really some of each other's closest right. friends, which has been <laughs> super great and fun. And um, obviously we like each other because we're going to hang out and talk about a lot of hard things. Um, but it's great because a lot of the conversations we're hoping to have uh, throughout this podcast are conversations you and I have had um, mm-hmm. a lot of times and just really felt like there was a space to kind of open open the door for that. And so today I would love if Liz, you'd be willing to kind of share your story with us and let us get to know you. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Hey, God, you're good. We thank you for today. We thank you, uh, yeah, just for the time together to talk through what you've done um, and just an opportunity to give glory to the things that you've redeemed um, and the ways that you've created Liz and how you're using her in the kingdom and where you have her right now. So, guys, pray that our conversation today would glorify you and bring honor to you. Um, and we just thank you for Liz and who she is. Amen. Amen. All right, let's so kind of starting off, would you kind of walk me through what is your church background like? Did you grow up in church? You know, what was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so growing up, I was just very much the religious girl to everybody around me. If I had sleepovers on Saturday nights, I was the person who left early to go to church on Sundays. And uh, my family was pretty heavily involved in the church um, up and still even now. But there was kind of a shift in our um, church experience. But I grew up Lutheran um, and I did all the things. There's catechism that you go to to take communion and um yeah, I just really started in the church and had was deemed religious and had nothing of a faith, really. I just went to church because my parents asked me to, and, you know, that was just the thing we did. And to obey my parents, I went, and, um, yeah, it started to get kind of tough um, going into high school as we got a new pastor, and that was really hard on our family. We just had a lot of church hurt built up from that, and we ended up um, changing churches to a different local church and that was hard because I thought I knew a lot of biblical knowledge and had a lot of biblical knowledge and I got there and I was like I know absolutely nothing which (laughs) which honestly sucks like it's hard to be around people who you know thought that you knew all this stuff and you know nothing um so that's when you know we start to lead into junior senior year of high school and I kind of fell off the bandwagon and I always say I like to I tried to dip my toes in every little thing I could Mm -hmm. this is where I started you know getting into alcohol and just drinking kind of occasionally never nothing crazy but never went to parties but I was definitely getting drunk in the basement you know Um, (laughs) just tell it how it is and this is also when I got into nicotine pretty pretty good I was pretty addicted to nicotine for probably about two years um 
And I would actually intentionally ask my boss to schedule me on Sunday morning so I didn't have to go to church. And Mm -hmm. this is when I really started butting heads with my parents um, because I wanted nothing to do with them and their religion. And they wanted they didn't want to see their kid um, fall off. So up until high school, like I was religious, I cared about church. And then, you know, the last two years of high school, I wanted nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. Wanted to be totally of the world. And that's exactly what I did. So, so then you came to college. (laughs) So what, so what did that look like? Kind of going from the like, okay, high school, you're not really a big fan of Jesus, not really, you know, walking with God or anything like that. So you come to college, which is like, I think, just known for not watching, you know, <laughs> right. like, God's like, oh, I'm going to go to college and find Jesus. Like, right, exactly. not usually the story. So what did that kind of transition to college look like for your faith and, and, and that? Yeah, so it's kind of a wild freshman year for me. Um, before I, you know, walked into college, I'd gone on a trip with my dad as like a yay send off before college. And you know, on the way home, I don't know why I remember this, but this is the only thing I remember from that car ride was just like, he was like, Liz, I don't care what you do. I just care that you continue to grow in your faith. And I kind of laughed it off and I was like, you're funny, whatever. Like, um, and had no idea what that would look like. And looking back, it meant a lot more than I thought it ever would. Um, so are where we went to school, I guess where I'm still currently going and where Natalie graduated from, um, I had a couple friends who went there and they knew about our church and um, they were like, you should get involved. And I was like, "Uh, okay, fine. And um, so they have connection cards that you can fill out. And I think I filled it out at like our campus fest um, with all the tents up and trying to get info out for new students to get involved in. And I filled one out and I got a text a couple days later and it was from Natalie and um she was like, hey, I'm leading your life group in your dorm, like, would love to catch up, whatever. And she said her last name, and I was like, wait, like, are you from, you know, the same hometown? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I worked with your cousin at our local ice cream store. <laughs> so, like, God was all over that one from the very beginning, and I think we acknowledged that even yeah, then. Um, for sure. So that first semester, so I had gotten plugged into a life group because I was like, oh, this girl's cool. She was engaged at the time. I thought she was really cool. And, <laughs> and everybody thought I was so old. <laughs> you were. You senior. still are. Oh my gosh, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and I thought she was really cool. So we hung out a lot and, you know, that's kind of got me plugged in and a lot of girls in our dorm were going to that same life group. So I yeah. finally had friends. Like, I never had a consistent group of friends and most of my friends were still in high school. So this was like a new thing for me. Um, and in college, like, that's what you're, you're like, right. what friends? Like, that is, like, number <laughs> one thing alone. as a freshman, yeah. <laughs> yep, so I started going to church, and I started going to life group, and I would say got involved very quickly in the church, um, you know, with different discipleship programs that we had, and leading, and, you know, being involved in whatever capacity I could be, I was, but on the other side of things, when I wasn't at those things, I was still living the double standard life. I was still going out and drinking. I showed up to the first service hungover. I lost my <laughs> voice from going out in the bar, like at the bars. And um, I, you know, had Tinder, never really did anything that, you know, is associated with Tinder, but still, you know, was putting my identity in guys there. And so the first semester, I feel like everybody looked at me and was like, oh, freshman devoted to the Lord. And on the other hand, I was like, I'm fooling every single one of you right now. And, um, I don't think it was until that like December ish. I remember, um, 
a lot of my stories are going to relate back to Natalie because she was who I talked to about those hard things. And so I remember just sitting at your parents' house because we we're home for a Bible study in the yeah. area. And I was like, I like drinking. I like alcohol. I love it. But I know what the Bible says it's wrong. And I was, was starting to learn a lot of truth from the Bible. I just hadn't placed it into my own life and mm-hmm. uh, wasn't living it yet. I knew the truth, but I wasn't living the truth. Um, and I was like, I just want to like, I want to feel conviction for my drinking and yeah. uh, really started praying heavily on that. Because I feel like at that time you were like, I feel like on a head level, I can read the print in the mm-hmm. Bible and, you know, I can be convinced that the Bible says it's wrong, but you didn't really have any like. Like, I, right. I still enjoy it. I don't feel guilty about it. Like, yeah, but I very much kind of, loved it. Yeah, this is what I want in uh-huh. my life right now. Yeah. And so, I, I was very open about it, too. Yeah. I very much was like, look, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'd show up to life group, and she'd be like, hey, how's it going? I was like, I was drunk last night. And she's like, oh, why didn't you call me? So um, kind of the life I lived, I was very open about it, but yeah. I didn't care that I was open about it, which – I think that was just the Lord using my vulnerability to be like, please help her. Like, you know, using other people in his kingdom to help me. And, um, yeah, so at this time it was really heavily in the drinking and, uh, just the sexual immorality was huge at this point. I really placed, um, all of my identity really in what guys thought about me. And, you know, that was tough. I was, you know, I was, you know, going over to guys' dorms and, uh, Snapchatting them and, 4 a.m. because I wanted attention and was finding it in all the wrong places. Um, So I think looking back now, I never was like, I surrendered my life to the Lord. But I think looking back now, um, we were going to Passion 2020, which was a great time. Um, (laughs) Before the world came down with COVID. (laughs) Right. Crazy. Yeah, this was the, what, winter before, you know, initial 2020 lockdown of of COVID. And a 60,000 person (laughs) conference. (laughs) And everyone was, a lot of people got sick too. So we were like, "Mm, skeptical. But um, we had gone down with her parent, Natalie's parents' local church and um, we're in, what, an 11 passenger van? Something like that. And I'm in the back, squished between her and her now husband, but fiance <laughs> at the time, and I'm sobbing on her shoulder but for so, like <laughs> so quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Had to pass all the dirty tissues up to the front, like and I think that was really when I was like, All right, like I wanna be all in. Like I don't want to have to hide what I'm doing from people because I don't want them to see that I'm not living, you know, a life for Christ. And I think one of the um passion sermons was just kind of like what are you holding back from allowing God to turn the page in your life and I was just like so much but I don't (laughs) but I don't want to surrender it but I do but it's hard um so I think really like December 2019 was when I was like all right God I'm all in for you whatever that looks like I'm here for it so do you feel like that was kind of when that conviction you had been praying for really mm-hmm. kind of like met its tension point of like, okay, these two worlds, they don't actually coexist <laughs> like I want them to. Right. Absolutely. That was for sure. an answered prayer. And I was like, so mad at God, but so glad that God did that. And like, I mean, I had been praying on it for two weeks, which in the grand scheme of things is a really short amount of time. Um, and we know that God answers prayers on his timeline and not, um, not ours. And I think that was just a really sweet timing for me. And so you can look back and see that the Lord was a hundred percent over that the entire time. So, yeah. Yeah, So what did it look like? So this is like, we're starting 2020 right before the pandemic, you know, what did it look like? So you have this moment where you're like, okay, I I feel like I want to surrender these things to Jesus. I've, I've felt this conviction. I want to live my life for you. What, 
what did that look like kind of walking from that? What was hard, to, you know, you shared the, you know, a lot of those things, you were enjoying them, so that was hard to surrender, but what did those kind of immediate months after that look like? Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of tough to talk about it just because the timing is very horrible and everything <laughs> yeah. with the world. Um, so we come back and it's like the first of the month, first of the new year. And I'm like, all right, I'm on fire for the Lord. I go on a mission trip and it was just a weekend, but it was great. Like I had never shared the gospel like that before and um, just got to meet a lot of new people and a lot of new faces who were just like all on fire for the Lord, which was like so cool to be surrounded by, especially in that season of like, I want to do this. What does it look like practically? So um, that was really cool. And I think like January and February, I was like, all right, I'm all in. I got involved in freshman year. They're really just starting to, you know, get to know you basically. And then like you can start to, you know, get involved in more leadership positions. Yeah, start and, to serve in the church, right, take some responsibilities. Yeah. Right. So I think that was when I started my first, you know, I got to serve as a group leader for our discipleship program, which was really neat because it was like really challenging. I was like, I don't know that I have the knowledge for this. And it was like, but the Lord provides and, you know, it's the Lord and not you. And um, so I think those first like two months were really good. And I was like, at this time, I was like, I'm really nervous to go home for a summer because I didn't want to be surrounded by like alcohol um and then the Lord was like hey how about you know I ended up spending what a year and a half at home I know um so March 2020 happened and um I went crazy to say the very least um surrounded myself with just alcohol and alcohol that was that was my life for you know, weeks and weeks straight, because what else are you supposed to do? Go on a walk? No, when you can be drinking. And, you know, that was really hard because I could tell, like, we would still have virtual life groups, and it was still hard because I knew that I wanted to be all in, but where I was, and, you know, I think other things got revealed to me as, like, how much identity I put in my community. Like, my faith needs to be my own and not my community's faith. Um, yeah, what, like, a big thing I feel like COVID revealed to, like, so many people was, like, when you were at home alone, like, what does your relationship with Jesus really look like? Right. Away from church activity, away from programs, what does it look like you and Jesus alone in a room? And what does it look like day to day, you know, walking that out? was I think that was a huge, like, mm-hmm. I think all of us felt that that right. shift almost in, in faith culture. And, right. And with know. the isolation, too. It was yeah. just, you know how is the Lord going to provide in this? And it's like, well, why would God, you know, the question I feel like I heard all the time was why would God let this happen? And it was like, well, what's the truth behind that? um, So I think it was really hard to move forward from that. And I think I kind of, you know, once I surrendered to the Lord, I went, it's very up and down for me. Like there were months where I was like, you know, from January to March, I didn't talk to a guy. Like there was one in particular I went back to every single time. And it's like, I didn't talk to him and then COVID happened. And then I talked to him and then I cut him (laughs) off again. And once I cut him off, I cut drinking off. And it was just very up and down. I, I would say probably until I started dating Ryan. Yeah. So until, you know, October of 2020, yeah. was like it was just like up and down up and down um so I think just walking with the Lord I think the hardest thing for me to to originally surrender was the alcohol for sure yeah um but I think one that I know that still is hard for me is just the sexual immorality is huge um mm-hmm. it can look different in everybody's lives and 
it's so hard to just not, you know, it's just a sin struggle that, you know, I feel like there's just so many things that go along with it. And, um, I think since then has been the one that I have to continuously surrender. And it's, it wasn't like a, I'm done with you. I'm not touching you, you know, like not, you know, going to struggle with it anymore. It's just continued to pop up in different capacities. So, yeah. And I feel like that's a hard one too, especially in our culture today, because it's so normalized. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you would, you know, talk with somebody who doesn't maybe follow Jesus and you'd be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. And they're like, that's not a struggle. Like, right. that's just normal. They're like, good you know? for you. High five, bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're – and so I think it is, you know, even harder, especially, mm-hmm. like, in isolation of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just not even, like, I think accountability and interaction with people. And when the whole world is questioning everything and you don't get to see people, like, there is gratification right. there. And that's hard. But I think that's real, too. You said, like, mm-hmm. I mean, from, you know, March to October was really up and down. I think the whole world was really up and down. Right. But then I also think that's, like, so true of, like, I think that sometimes we get this perception in faith that, like, oh, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to make this choice one day, mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to struggle with these things anymore. Or, like, right. it's going to be super easy. And, like, that's just, like, not true. Right. A lot of those, you, you know, from one day to the next, you still have the same sin struggles. Mm-hmm. You have, like, the Lord now as power to overcome those, you know, those right. sin struggles. Uh, but they still exist, you know, we're still tempted, <laughs> by, much, the same, yeah. <laughs> still tempted by the same things. Um, and I think like, even especially, you know, coming from January to March, that was such a short time when like, mm-hmm. I think when you make that decision to really surrender to Jesus, the enemy is like all over <laughs> <Yep>. you <laughs> and then COVID, it was just kind of crazy. But yeah, I think that like makes sense. Those, those temptations that were very real and tangible, you know, came back up continually, right. you know, through that and, and walking towards, you know, until you got into that relationship with Ryan right. now and getting there. Yeah, so what has it looked like since then? So we are now two mm. years post-2020. You are engaged. Yep. Yeah, Yay. so what, yeah, what, coming out of 2020, what did Walking with Jesus look like? And then maybe kind of even now, what does that look like? Yeah, <laughs> lots there. Um, I think coming out of, like, 2020, I think the biggest thing was just, you know, making my walk with the Lord my own and my own relationship with Him um, because my family – is, you know, they, they go to church and they're, you know, we still just disagree on certain things. So I think that was hard, uh, cause I don't have the community of believers necessarily with me that I had at school. And, you know, I was scared for a summer at home and I ended up spending over a year and a half at home, just the way things worked out with schooling. Um, so I think that was just really sweet time to build that relationship and intimacy with the Lord that I don't think, you know, would have probably come some other way, but, you know, I think the Lord was just very intentional in that with me and, um, providing, you know, a church at home and life group to go to, um, that I wasn't completely isolated, but that I wasn't like putting all of my identity in them. Um, so uh, yeah, I think now what that looks like for me, I think, um, I think it's really cool to see how the Lord redeems you from things and sanctifies you. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm learning uh, right now. And I have been learning for a while. It's just my selfishness is out of control. Like, (laughs) you know, I entered a relationship with, you know, my now fiance and I was like, this is great. He lets me do whatever I want. And then the Lord was like, you are so selfish. Like, take a step back. Like, let's look at this. Um, And I think that's the thing that continues to get revealed to me. And I, I think I always had this perception that sin struggles were these big things that, you know, the world may view as, you know, sex before marriage, horrible. Like, you know, drinking underage, horrible. All these things that, like, I feel like some people or society really kind of deems as big sin struggles. I think now I'm starting to really focus in on the, like, 
you know, it doesn't have to be a big sin struggle because they're all this. I'm doing air quotes throughout this whole thing. <laughs> I just realized. Um, so I think right now it's just working on um, who the Lord says I am. And I think another big one in that is just, you know, who I, I'm a daughter of the king. And I think that one's been really hard for me with body image issues over the last, you know, two years or so. I think that's hard to, you know, place your identity in the Lord and not, you know, now that I am engaged, that doesn't mean my identity is in him. And I think that's been another thing that's been really cool. I think there's been a lot of hardships and challenges, but um, just recognizing the joy of the Lord and just realizing that, you know, this is good. Like the sanctification is good. It's hard, um, but it's good. So it's been cool to see, you know, as we've moved on in, I guess, three years now almost of yeah. walking hand in hand with the Lord. Like it hasn't been a linear line whatsoever, but um, just really thankful for the people in my corner and just, um, you know, spaces like this to talk about it real. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think what you said there is like so huge. I think that sometimes we get this perception of like, oh, quote unquote, air quotes, you know, mm-hmm. big sin struggles. And it's, I think, what we categorize as big as like I think for a time and I think our society here in America of like those were things that like were morally like unacceptable mm-hmm. or taboo yep. you know <laughs> they're not a lot of those right. aren't anymore you know right. that's I feel like pretty normalized but I think the reality is of like okay they're like the Lord does not play the shame game like that is right. that's not <laughs> yep. you know you, you and I say it all the time is like shame is not the Lord's language yep. and like the reality is like all sin right is an mm-hmm. offense against a holy God right. which means that like you know, what you struggled mm-hmm. with then is still just an offensive against the Lord as, you know, selfishness right. is and, and our own, pursuing our own desires. Mm-hmm. All of those sins, you know, on the heavenly side, you know, equal out. They're all offenses against a holy God. And so, you know, I think it's like realizing like, okay, I don't need to feel like shame for these, you know, sins and the like, right. oh, this is a crazy big <laughs> sin, you know. Yeah. But it's like, oh, man, I can feel conviction mm-hmm. and like pursue holiness and like, right. You know, acts for, yeah, I can repent. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, you know, and receive forgiveness and, like, you know, you know, walk closer to Jesus in that and still, like, and do that with all of, you know, all these sin struggles that kind mm-hmm. of come up. There isn't, like, I think, categories, right. you know, and, and, you know, we can do all of that and still receive grace without, you know, right. throwing shame around like it's a weapon because we don't, we don't play the shame game here. Um, I mean, that's super sweet. Liz, I, I think it's been so fun, you know, you and I talk all the time how cool it is, what God has yep. done, you know, over the last, what, four years or so that we've gotten yeah. to, to know each other and, and what it's done. So, yeah, thank you for sharing your story with oh, us today. Praise God, right? Praise God, yes. <laughs> we, love, we love the Lord and we love what he's done in your life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I am so thankful I get to walk alongside you each day. And just thank you for, for sharing with us today about what God's doing in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope that these two episodes about our stories allow you to get to know us better and our background for approaching the following conversations better. We really believe in the power of stories and their ability to give God glory. We feel like we're able to talk so openly about our lives because all of it really is just truly God at work. The ways he has redeemed us and is sanctifying us is meant for our good and his glory. And so we want to, in a sense, really just steward it back to the kingdom by sharing it with others. Typically, we're going to close out each episode by encouraging you to keep the conversation going where God has you. But our hope this week is that it would encourage you to go and share your story. All right, ladies. Thanks for chatting with us. We'll see you back here next time.